Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Christmas season, it's uh, it's a challenging season. On the one side, we have the, the joy, the excitement. If you have kids in your lives, uh, you know, the whole uh, anticipation of presents and the whole sense of family being together. And, uh, and I think that's, you know, sort of a, a core reality of, of how we uh, uh, expect Christmas to be. And then there's the uh, how Christmas actually is. And it can be very different for that. And, and one of the things about this time of year is that if we've had a loss, especially the death of a loved one, whether it's this year or in recent years, oftentimes uh, a day like Christmas and a, a time of year like Christmas stirs up many, many very difficult, complicated um just hard emotions. How do we deal with all of those mixed emotions and how do we face our family in a time of grief? We're joined today by Bob Smikolis. He is a registered psychotherapist, a nationally certified counselor, and a licensed minister out of Ontario. And today on Connections, he's going to share with us how we can cope with grief at Christmas time. We're joined today by Bob Smikolis. He is a registered psychotherapist, a nationally certified counselor, and a licensed minister. We're joined today by Bob. And Christmas, it's basically on the doorstep. A couple days away now for a lot of people. This is exciting. We're getting, you know, super joyful for what's around the corner. But there is a group of people right now that are dreading. Uh, the weekend and what's to come with that because maybe they've lost someone or things have changed in their life. Tell us a little bit about how we can prepare as we head into this holiday season. And this one is going to be a little bit different because it's normal and it's coming out of a pandemic where we really haven't had to be around family. Yeah, it's a little different this year uh, compared to the last two, but I uh, appreciate being on the show again. It's always an honor and a privilege and, uh, yeah, Christmas season, it's uh, it's a challenging season. On the one side, we have the the joy, the excitement. If you have kids in your lives, uh, you know, the whole uh, anticipation of presents and the whole sense of family being together. And, uh, and I think that's, you know, sort of a, a core reality of, of how we uh, uh, expect Christmas to be. And then there's the uh, how Christmas actually is. And it can be very different. For that, and and one of the things about this time of year is that if we've had a loss, especially the death of a loved one, whether it's this year or in recent years, oftentimes uh, a day like Christmas and a, a time of year like Christmas stirs up many, many very difficult, complicated, um, just hard emotions of loss and loneliness and sadness and all the things that are part of the the grief experience. So it's kind of a it's a mixed. It's a mixed bag of things. And um, I would say that probably it's, it's a pretty even split. You know, we, we think of, uh, uh, you know, the happiness because, you, you know, you, you turn on the TV and there's the commercials and everyone's getting together, having fun. There's the Hallmark movies where everyone comes home for Christmas. And, and so that's sort of the theme. And for someone who's experienced loss, all of those uh, um, sort of visual images and experiences are actually a reminder that their loved one's not coming home, that the person that was in their life, you know, is not going to be here. It's not going to be like it was. And so, so it's tough, you know, it's, it's really hard. And uh, I think maybe even half, half of folks um, struggle this time of year. And that's why behind me, I've got my Christmas decorating here, which is uh, the Grinch. And uh, um, I don't, there's just something about him that just resonates. You know, he's sort of caught yes. in this. It's supposed to be exciting and, and you know, the people are singing and celebrating, but his experience was something very different. 
And I think that uh, that that um, describes what many people feel. Now, the Grinch has a good ending, right? But uh, yes. But I think just I think it's a it's a powerful image. I think of that just that dichotomy. So grief can come in all shapes and sizes, yeah. all kinds of different ways. Uh, as family and uh, and at a time when we're surrounded by family, how can we? what's the word I'm looking for, um, prepare ourselves or help these people that may be grieving, especially if we don't know because it comes in so many shapes and forms. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, one of the things that makes this time of year difficult if, uh, a family has sustained a loss because there's the whole, you know, how do you, you know, talk about what's happened or do you talk about what's happened or what do you expect? And I think for, for grieving people. So if we've like gone through a loss, loss of a spouse, a child, uh, a loved one, one of the things that is a challenge is just um, the whole thought of being around people. And so I think uh, one thing that families can do if they've had a loss is just really plan out what the expectation is and be realistic. Maybe, you know, maybe this year, um, you know, we're not going to get together in the same way. And I think, you know, what, in terms of just uh, expectations, when we've had a loss, the death of a loved one, the holiday season is not going to be the same as it was. We can't recreate those things. And so we do them differently and it's, it's okay when we're feeling, you know, fatigued, our energy is gone, um, you know, not wanting to maybe even be around people. It's okay to change up the routine. And so I think having a plan is a great way to uh, sort of prepare for the season. And so we can plan to um, get together maybe on a different day. Maybe this year, Christmas morning, we're just going to, you know, be on our own or with our immediate family. And we can get together with extended family, you know, the weekend before, the weekend after, sometime, you know, between Christmas and New Year. So it doesn't have to be on that specific day. So just planning it out, um, knowing what we're going to do, um, you know, that matters. I think that really helps. And then I think also, um, you know, uh, planning for those uh, intense emotional experiences. Sometimes they're called like an emotional ambush. So, you know, uh, the tradition was that, that, you know, when we have Christmas dinner, grandfather comes and he cuts the turkey and the whole family watches. Well, you know what? Grandfather's not here this year. What do we do? And so that that can stir up intense emotions where, you know, we're just breaking down into tears, um, just you just want to go hide. But oftentimes we can anticipate those things and you can plan ahead. So we're going to plan for somebody else to do that or plan that if we're feeling overwhelmed, that we can slip away and take, you know, 15 minutes to, to uh, gather ourselves. Um, so those those kinds of things. So I think just the whole planning letting people know in advance and maybe even our kids saying, Hey, you know, it's going to be different this year. Here's what we're doing differently. And, and so just the whole um, being able to discuss that it's going to be different, acknowledge it, say that it's okay. If it's awkward for us, that all of those things sort of help take some of the edge off of, uh, off of that experience. Letting people know going in that you are feeling this way can, can basically um, set a stage for you to be comfortable. But what about, in a situation where you're unaware and it's a family gathering or maybe a friend's yeah. gathering and you don't know that that person has lost one or they're grieving something, how do you guide them in a situation like that? If you're watching and someone is triggered yeah. by something or they have these strong emotions, what can we do to help them? 
Yeah, it's a, it's an excellent question. I mean, obviously, if we don't know something, there's not a whole lot we can do. But uh, you know, if we you know notice that someone is uncomfortable, you know, just ask them, hey, can I get you something, or would it be okay if um, maybe we stepped over here and talked for a second? You know, trying to to give them a graceful way to sort of uh, uh, navigate what's going on. Like sometimes what happens is um, people will go, um, you know, they've had a loss, they're at a gathering, and then someone just comes up out of the blue and says, oh, I heard about da 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 I'm so sorry. And they're, they're not expecting, you know, in that moment to suddenly have to respond immediately. And it's, it's kind of like the deer in the headlights moment. And that can happen at a family gathering, People can be going through, you know, a line at the grocery store and a neighbor comes up and is like, oh, I heard, you know, your husband died. I'm so and it's like in the middle of this public setting, you know, just not expecting it. It's sort of shocking, stunning. And then there can be a flood of emotions. And so one thing I encourage people to do is we can uh, in advance prepare sort of a, um, a standardized response to pretty much any kind of question that might our way. And it goes something like this. Someone stops us and is like, oh, I heard about, you know, that situation. Your, you know, your, your, your wife died of cancer and da, da, da. and we're sort of stuck. And then one, one thing we can do is we can just first respond by saying, oh, well, you know, thank you for, um, you know, your kind words or thank you for your question. As you can imagine, it's it's really complicated right now. And you know what? We're just gathering together as a family and uh, we're getting through this. And then we change the topic. And so, hey, what's going on with you? Or if we're in the grocery store, hey, I got to get going. And and we just sort of redirect. And so the so the initial response is, hey, thank you for your question. It's like, oh, how are you? You know, how are you doing this year now that your spouse died? You know, and it's like, well, you know, thank you for your question. Even though we're not feeling thankful, we're just being cordial. Right? It's like, you know, thank you for inquiring. Um, it's as you can imagine, it's very complicated. And you know what? We're plugging through. We're we're connecting with you know loved ones. Appreciate your prayers. Hey, time to go, and and you redirect. So some some form or some variation of that will work. And 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 you know, in the response, we're, we're not going into detail. You know, when they're like, oh, how, how are you? You know, we're not saying, well, actually, you know, my digestion's messed up. I've got, you know, sleep disturbances. I've got aches and pains. My immune system's compromised. You know, we're not going through all the physical symptoms. We're just acknowledging that they're inquiring. And usually people, uh, when they're asking the question, they're just trying to be genuine. They're just genuinely trying to express concern and, uh, and are asking, how are you? And it doesn't necessarily mean give me a whole inventory of your condition. I think it's just a, hey, we're doing okay. You know, so, so I think, you know, I think that's one way to prepare for that. And, you know, that happens a lot. You know, people are at the potluck at church and, and, you know, they're putting potato salad on their plate and someone's like, hey, so what's going on? And, and, you know, there's like 30 people that are are all listening. That's very awkward. And so just to be able to say, hey, you know what? I appreciate your, your question. Um, you know, it's kind of complicated. It's really not something, you know, I can get into right now, but, uh, Hey, maybe we can follow up later. And then you just sort of redirect. So it's like, acknowledge the question. Thank you. You know, it's complicated. We're plugging through, or it's not something, you know, I can really talk about right now. Maybe we'll follow up later and then redirect it. And like, tell me about what's going on with your kids or, or something like that. So then, you know, people will, you know, start talking about that. So. Yeah. The person asking the question, should they be avoiding maybe discussing the grief or, you know, the situation altogether? Or is it something that we should be bringing up? Well, I mean, I, I think context matters. 
So I think if you're in line at the grocery store, I don't think that's such an appropriate place to have an in-depth conversation. Um, you know, if we're maybe at a smaller gathering or we're sitting one-on-one with, with our friend or our loved one um, and just be like, Hey, you know, just check it in with you, you know, how, you know, how's it going kind of general and then follow their lead. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we want to respect where they're at. A lot of times people will be like, Oh, you know, I'm glad that you asked and they want to share. Right. Um, so I think that that's great. Other times, you know, maybe they're a little more reserved and we want to respect kind of where they're at. Um, I know uh, um, in, in some settings, it's completely appropriate. I, I you know, we had a, a you know, a family funeral, my father-in-law or my brother-in-law's father died. He was 92, amazing man, large family. And uh, uh, at the uh, sort of at the um, kind of family gathering before the funeral, you're expected to, you know, it's not unusual to talk about the person who died. And, and I think, uh, you know, in a setting like that, it's great to come and say, hey, you know what, I remember your loved one, that he impacted my, you know, I remember your dad when I was like, uh, you know, in high school, and he came to me and asked me if I had a Bible and instructed me, hey, you need to go get like a Thompson chain reference Bible so you can study before you go away to school, you know, that kind of thing. And you know what, and they're, they're like encouraged by that story of how their loved one touched other people's lives. So I think, you know, in that kind of a setting, you know, people really appreciate um, the memories, right? And I think, you know, for a family gathering, um, you know, there's something that's called like a grief letter, where we can, in advance, kind of write a note kind of out to the family and say, hey, you know, uh, we're going to see each other at, you know, such and such event. And as you know, this is a challenging time for our family with the loss of our loved one. And just wanted to let you know, um, you know, if you have like a memory or a really cool story, you know, about our loved one, I would love it if you would share it with us or jot it down or, you know, because we're collecting those things and putting them like in a memory book or something like that. And so it's like, you know, feel free to, you know, come and, and, and chat, you know, if that happens. And, you know, when that happens, you know, I might be emotional, but that's okay. I just want to let you know, I appreciate you sharing the stories. So that would be an example of how we can communicate to others kind of what the expectations are. And then if we're on the sort of reaching out part, again, that whole just being sensitive to where people are at. And, and even ask them and, 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 you know, be like, hey, you know, is there anything that you wanted to touch base on? Or I mean, again, uh, context matters, setting and also context, the relationship that we have with the person. You know, if we know someone in a very cursory, very uh, just sort of, um, you know, very casual way and we're not real close. Well, you don't want to get into a real personal question. You might just be like, hey, I'm you know really sorry for your loss. And, you know, we were praying for you at church or just, you know, something that's in context with the level of relationship that you have. Uh, if it's someone that you're close to, well, you know what, there's a different uh, measure of permission to kind of enter into that that more intimate space. So we want to just uh, uh, kind of follow the lead of the other person, maybe probe a little bit. And then again, you know, be respectful. And, and you know, if someone if you can see someone's emotional. Um, you know, we can, um, you know, help them out. Sometimes running interference, you see somebody else, you know, person B steps in and asks an inappropriate question and the grieving person's, you know, stuck. Well, we can step in and be like, hey, and redirect the conversation and kind of give them sort of an honorable way to, uh, you know, remove themselves from the awkward situation, right? So those are just some some ideas. So again, I think the whole I, the whole sense of just being sensitive to where the person's at, taking your cues from that. And that that's a, you know, a, a pretty good guide to start. 
being aware is it goes back to that whole being aware and just keeping your eyes and and like you said follow the lead i've always found it we've had five deaths um within the past two months six or seven this year so it's just been a tragic year and these are all yeah yeah family members and friends of ours and one thing that i've always found awkward is like what you just said like when you're there follow their lead the one thing that i do all the time because i don't know what to say and i don't want to say anything wrong yeah i look for them to see if they're open for a hug yeah, and that hug yeah. can lead to so many things that hug can be yeah. that opportunity for them to open up and start talking and then you could take it from there. Is that something you would encourage? I mean, oh, not everybody's course. open hey. for touchy feely things. Well, hey, <laughs> but... you, know what? You, you go with what uh, where your gifts are. If you're a hugger and that comes naturally, you know what? I think that's great. And and I think you know we can um, express you know empathy and that hey, our hearts are with you without going into detail. Just be like, hey, you know what? Been been th- you've been on my mind this year. I just want to let you know, appreciate you, right? And give them a hug. Everybody knows what we're talking about. Right. And so, um, you know, we don't have to go into a lot of detail in that moment, in that second, you know, in that spot. Um, So, uh, you know, I appreciate just what you're saying about um, just, you know, be aware, like just be in tune. That's huge. And, and, you know, sometimes some people don't have a lot of awareness. You know, they they're just sometimes inappropriate. And, And that's where that canned response of, hey, thank you for your question. You know, it could be someone we barely know who's come and asking a, an inappropriate personal question in a public sp- uh, a setting, yeah. well, then we can be like, hey, well, you know, thank you for your question. As you can imagine, you know, it's a complicated situation for our family, but, um, you know, well, we're going to plug through and, hey, I need to get going. There's some other people I got to say hi to. Thanks for stopping by. And then we excuse ourselves and, and walk, walk out. So we've graciously shut it down without giving any personal information. You know, when we say, you know, as you can imagine, it's complicated. You know, that applies to everything. Not just grief. It's like, hey, what are you making for supper tonight? Well, as you can imagine, that's complicated. Hey, you know, like it's it's it works for pretty much anything. So any yes. you know any question that that uh, that might be awkward, we can respond by being, well, you know, as you can imagine, you know, it's complicated, and then redirect it. So I think um, that helps take that edge off because I think you know when we when a person gets like ambushed emotionally, part of what happens is you feel exposed. It's like they just asked me about something that's this tender part of my heart that's aching and they're just sort of shocked and stunned and don't know what to do, which that increases the distress and the embarrassment and it just sort of snowballs. So when we have an exit before it ever happens and we've already sort of uh, prepared it and practiced it, that inappropriate question comes and you just rolls off. Hey, thanks for your question. As you can imagine, it's a tough time. We're going to get through. Hey, I need to get going. Have a great Christmas. And then we excuse ourselves. So that I, I think that works so effectively. And I've had so many clients over the years who have been like, wow, that's, that helped me manage those situations. So wouldn't have got through it if I didn't know how to respond. Here's an interesting question. What about those who are grieving someone that's still here um, grieving the loss of health for example one of our friends was diagnosed with cancer this past september and pancreatic cancer so it doesn't look too good so they're they're going through a different kind of grieving process how do we handle those situations this christmas with people that are still here on this earth for sure and and uh um you know the the whole anticipating loss so grief is 
a word we describe, uh, we used to describe a whole uh, category of experiences that happen once we have a loss. And so, you know, the despair, the sadness, you know, there's physiological things, uh, you know, it affects our appetite, sleep, you know, aches and pains, immune system, there's a whole bunch of things. Uh, but that that response, and we're, we're kind of hardwired for it, like, like God mm-hmm. wired us, you, you can go throughout scripture, and there's grieving everywhere. You know, Moses, when he died, they, they grieved for, for 30 days, the nation mourned. Abraham mourned over Sarah's death. Um, you know, Jacob died, his children were weeping over him, kissing his body. I mean, it's like grieving is everywhere. We're wired for this. And so, um, so the whole uh, um, responding and, and um, we're going to have these experiences and anticipating it can trigger the grief response. And so, um, so sometimes before, you know, you know, someone's 95 years old, they're in the hospital, you kind of think, you know, maybe, you know, there, this could be the day. So people are anticipating. So I think if we're working with someone with a, with an illness, you know, it's, it's being relational. It's just connecting with them and just being like, Hey, can I come visit you? Is it okay if I stop by, um, you know, just the normal kinds of things and recognizing that they may have a roller coaster of emotions and, Part of how we, um, you know, support people is just to be with them in their pain. Sometimes there's no words to say. There's no, you know, uh, script that I can follow. Just being there, sitting with them in their situation is often extremely, extremely comforting. You know, God's presence we carry as believers, the presence of the Holy Spirit. So when we show up, God's showing up through us in a unique way. And often he touches people just by us being there. People sense his presence or get at peace or are comforted or whatever it is. So just being willing to um, walk with people in their pain is an important part of being able to help them with their pain. And that means that we have to face our own. It's not comfortable to do that. It's not enjoyable to go and like, who wants to go, you know, to the hospital and be, you know, faced with lots of sick people, right? That's hard to see, especially if, you know, you shared you had many losses this year. So it's pretty tough to go back into a setting that you were just in. And, you know, the family funeral I was at, one of the the other uh, family members, their spouse had died this year in the summer and they were at the same funeral home. And so this family member was like, look, I can't even go into that room right now. Because it, it it's going to stir up so much. So I'm going to just, you know, be out here in the reception area. And so you go and you hang out with them in the reception area. And, you you know, you meet them where they're at. And that was just, you know, a part of what it was like for them that day, which was different than it was like for other days. So so I don't know if that, that helps a little bit, but uh, it's yeah. tough, you know, because we're, <laughs> you know, uh, life has pain in it. And uh, the Lord promises to be with us in our pain. You know, he was a man acquainted with many sorrows and he mends the brokenhearted. And so part of what Jesus does is he meets us in our storm, in our pain, um, in a way that is is unlike anything else. He gives us peace beyond understanding and uh, we don't always feel it. You know, when we're in the storm and you're being thrown around by the waves, it's not real peaceful, but he's with us in that storm. That's a pretty amazing thing. So. That's a great reminder. And I wanted to go down that road of faith. Um, yeah. Just how important is it to have our faith? And and there are going to be people that when the grieving process are mad, 
they're mad at God. They don't want anything to do with him because like, why would this happen to me? But how important is it to have God, like to remember that you have this God, to, that yeah. you have faith uh, in, in a grieving process? For sure. It's, it's huge. I mean, anger is one of the, uh, you know, first respond, uh, responses to grief. Like anger functions like an alarm system. So it's like if you got an alarm on the door of your house and someone pushes the door and the alarm goes off, it says draw attention to this spot. It's very loud and it gets your attention. Well, that's what happens with anger. So when when uh, in our, you know, it functions as an alarm system. So someone dies, it's like the, the, the door of our heart just got kicked in and the alarm's going off and that's the anger. And so that's normal. God, God's not like freaked out by anger. Okay. Like David got angry. It's like, God, what the heck's going on? My enemies are prospering. I'm like running for my life, living in a cave. I'm, I'm, you know, day to day, like, where's your justice? So God's okay with us wrestling with those things. But I think uh, just the whole, um, you know, part of the grief experience and, and part of, you know, this is why funerals are so important is they are reminders um, about the frailty of life, that we have a specific time on the face of the earth. And when we're faced with the death of a loved one or the frailty of life, it causes us to look up and begin to ask questions. God, are you there? Uh, Do you even see me? Do you care? You know, these kinds of things. And so it opens our heart to begin to probe those fundamental kind of questions of life. And anytime we do that, you know, God shows up and, you know, you know, the whole idea of when we knock, you know, the doors open. Well, yeah, when we ask questions, he also gives us answers. And so sometimes those questions are questions we're asking in our heart, but he hears it and he cares and he begins to engage us. So I think um, I think it's a pretty natural, normal thing in a time of intense transition, grief, loss, that we begin to wrestle with those things. And I think as as Christian people, we have uh, promises that the Lord is with us in our in our pain, in our storm, that nothing can separate us from his love, Even, whether we feel it or not. It's the truth. It's, it's like that uh, that that famous poem, The Footprints in the Sand, where, you know, this, this man was looking at a picture of his life and he noticed um, there was always two sets of footprints. And he realized that the second set was Jesus was walking with him. But then he realized that in the darkest, most challenging times of his life, there was only one set of footprints and he was angry. He's like, Lord, where were you during those times? And the Lord responded, it was during those times that I carried you. So there is only one set of footsteps because he's carrying us. So I think that as as believing people, we have the uh, the promise and the knowledge that God is with us. And one of my favorite passages of scripture, it's actually um, uh, it's in like three gospels, uh, Mark, uh, Matthew and John. And it's uh, Jesus is with the disciples and he's like, hey, you guys go on ahead. And he puts them in a boat, sends them across, uh, you know, the Sea of Galilee. He's like, I'll meet you on the other side. And as they're, you know, halfway across in the middle of the night, this this storm comes in and catches them out in the middle of the lake. And it's 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 like a life threatening storm. Like if they, you know, they're four or five kilometers from the shore. If the boat capsizes, likely, you know, many of them are going to drown. This is life and death. And they're fighting for their lives. And they're by them. Jesus is not with them in the boat. And they're straining against the wind. And, you know, scripture says that Jesus, he's up on the on the mountainside, that he's watching them and he sees them struggling. So he makes his way out to them. So, you know, that 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 could just be 
something we could just kind of pass over that. But it's like, listen, that's the middle of the night. He's four or five kilometers away in the middle of a storm. I don't know how far you can see at night in a storm. I'm like maybe, you know, 50 meters. I'm lucky. Okay. (laughs) He's like, this is like supernaturally. He's seeing his eye is on them in their distress. And rather than, you know, walking down the mountain, finding a boat, rowing out, he defies the laws of physics to get to the people that he loves. And he meets them in the midst of their storm. I think it's an incredible thing. Now, what happens next, I think, is very telling because the disciples, they don't recognize him. He comes out and they're like, what is this? Is this like a ghost? Is it some, you know, demonic thing? Like they're freaked out. And I mean, I think what that tells us is, is when we're in a storm, the Lord is often difficult to um, recognize in the middle of our storm. But he's there. He's there. A great reminder. <laughs> with, we don't always recognize him in the middle of the storm, but he's there. And so, uh, you know, as believers, we have the knowledge, the recognition, the reminders, the promises. He is with us. He tells us that he is with us to the ends of the earth, that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Height, nor depth, nor life, nor death, nor angels, nor demons. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And so it's a pretty amazing thing. So he's with us. We're also, you know, uh, reminded or, or Paul tells us that we don't grieve in the same way that people without hope. So someone mm-hmm. who maybe doesn't know the Lord, doesn't, doesn't know, doesn't have peace with God. That's a different level of distress. But when we, when we, we have hope, we know that um that that he's with us or that our you know if our loved one was a believer like like my uh, my brother-in-law's dad was an amazing christian man 92 years old just was known for sharing his faith and Mm -hmm. he was just this incredible it's like it was a celebration of life there was tears and we miss him and and there was also what an amazing man and he's got you know eight kids and i don't know how many great uh, our grandchildren and how many great grand, I think it was like this room of, there's like 75 people here uh, that are like, you know, descendants of this amazing man. It was a celebration. So wow. we grieve not the same, but we still yes. grieve. It's still sad. It's still lost. We still miss them. We still, you know, remember them. We still wish they were here. Like there's, it's both. Um, and so, uh, so as people of faith, you know what we, we have, uh, the reminder that it doesn't end here, you know, uh, uh, that, that our life physically, um, you know, there's a timetable on that, but there's, uh, you know, a life after this, uh, an eternity that, that, you know, the Bible says, no, no, eye has seen, no mind has conceived what God has in store for those who love him. So we can't even wrap our head around what God has for us. And, and it's amazing stuff and the brokenness of the in uh, the evil we see around us and the hurt and the heartache. A day comes where Jesus brings an end to that and restores it as originally intended. And so that's that's part of the promise and the hope that we have that when he returns, all of that actually is going to happen. That's pretty amazing stuff. So that's good news. So that's good that's news. good news and a good way to end this interview for people who are interested in maybe finding more out about you. I know you're in Ontario, but uh, we have listeners all over the place. If they're interested in finding out more about you, or if you have any resources that our listeners 
can look out for? Can you give us a little bit of information about that? If if people uh, would like to contact me for any reason, uh, they can go to my website, which is www.familylifecounseling, all one word, familylifecounseling.ca. So canadianwebsite.ca. And so you can contact me there. Also on my website, uh, there's a a tab that says uh, links and resources. And if you go there, there's, um, you know, different resources. I have a link on there to uh, an organization called GriefShare. It's griefshare.org, I believe. And just a wonderful organization that provides resources for families who are grieving. And they walk you through just practical things. They have... um, online resources there's groups that are running in many communities all across uh really across north america i'm sure people are using it in other countries around the world you can access that um most of that there's no charge for that wonderful stuff how to help your kids through a time of grief how to survive the holidays how to plan for certain events like just uh wonderful wonderful uh um, just uh, resources and, and helps for people who are going through that uh, that season so great resource. Thank you so much for chatting with us today and making time for us. Thank you for having us and Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. And thank you so much for joining us today and for listening. Remember, if you want to hear this full conversation again, you could do that by checking out our podcast, Connections with Mike, Tom and Colleen Hood. You can find that at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcasts from. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.